Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you so much for this morning. We exalt you above head over all. You are king. You reign. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all, God. We just give you our whole hearts this morning. We just open up our hearts and our spirits. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for your presence that brings healing and encouragement and edification, God. I thank you for just being here with us, Jesus, and all that you are doing in our midst. Thank you for the power of the cross, God, and that your power and your blood speaks a better word. God, we're just so humbled to be yours. We're so humbled by the ways you believe in us and you cherish us and you love us. And I just thank you, God, for every house that is lifting you up this morning. We just bless them and all that you're doing within the body of Christ Jesus, the healing that you're bringing. And we just love you, God, and I just thank you for this family that is so special. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I love y'all so much. So the Holy Spirit has really pressed it upon me to share with you about the importance of building a legacy in the kingdom of God. And the eternal and beautiful picture and lens that we get to view our lives through in Jesus Christ, it's truly a comfort and a gift and also a responsibility that we are to steward and be faithful in. Because as sons and daughters of God, we are, gonna, we are to be living with the awareness that I was born for such a time like this and I have purpose in Christ. And when I received that gift of salvation through Jesus, something eternal was deposited in me that I no longer have to live like the rest of the world lives with time that is fleeting, chasing after what the world chases after, only for the now. But I get to live with eternity in mind. I get to live for Jesus, and I get to know that when I live for Jesus, I have the privilege to build something with him for his kingdom and for the coming generations. Romans 8, 19 says that the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And I know we may look around the world right now and it may seem heavy, what we are up against in the natural and the spirit, but it is never meant to feel heavy. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And we are more than conquerors. We are meant to carry his authority, carry his light to the darkness around us. And whether people realize it or not, it is Jesus that gives their lives meaning and purpose, and they need him. They are in need of a savior. They are in need of unconditional love and friendship. They are in need of the meaning that he gives us in life. And we are such a diverse house and age. There's many of us that are young and old, but no matter where you are in life right now, there's an invitation to build a legacy. Not just so that we can touch the hearts of those around us for a season, but that you can touch in hearts and impact generations. Your yes to Jesus is beyond your life. It is so much larger than your life. And Jesus is building a legacy with you right now, whether you realize it or not. The decisions you make every day, the way you love God, the way you love your family, the way you love the people around you, what you give your time and your energy to, what you're dreaming about, what you're hoping for. All this is a part of the legacy that you're creating with Jesus right now. And there is such an opportunity to honor where honor is due. We are standing in the momentum and spiritual inheritance of the prayers prayed by the saints that came before us. The Apostle Paul is encouraging Timothy and says to him, I'm filled with joy as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. 
It began with your grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother, Eunice. And it's clear that you, too, are following in the footsteps of their godly example. Lois was a woman of God who stewarded her, stewarded her love for him in such a way that the same fire that burned in her burned in her daughter and then burned in Timothy. Wow, and some of us are in this room, we're carrying a fire we didn't start. We are carrying a fire that someone else lit. And there's something so powerful about your yes that links arms with Jesus and your brothers and sisters in Christ that came before you and ran the good race before you and linking arms now with the younger generation and your children and their grandchildren and brothers and sisters in Christ in the faith that you may not see that you've impacted their lives until you get to heaven one day. And when you said yes to Jesus, it sent ripples through time affecting everyone around you and generations before you and behind you. And it is a gift to have a legacy. It is a gift to be able to steward legacy well. It is a gift and a responsibility to be faithful to what God has entrusted you with. And I just really feel just so led um, by the Holy Spirit in this, in this moment just to dismantle any lies that if you are here and you're listening to what I'm saying, you also are hearing the voice of the enemy spitting out lies to you that you may not be enough, that you feel insecure, you feel small, you feel insignificant, and that doesn't, that this message doesn't pertain to you. And whatever circumstance you fi may find yourself in in life or whatever mistakes you have made, I break that lie off of you right now in Jesus' name. I also just felt like I was praying and preparing for this message this week. I just had this word of knowledge. Uh, if you're here or you're listening online, that if any of you are dealing with any thoughts of self-harm or if you are hurting yourself, I just felt the love of the Holy Spirit for you so deeply. Those thoughts are not your thoughts, but are from the enemy, and I'm believing for breakthrough for you right now in Jesus' name. This stops today. This stops in this moment. Those thought patterns are from the devil. And for the Holy Spirit, I just ask that he speaks so clear to you right now. You are a place right now with truth of who you are in his being, God. Thank you so much. You are needed in the kingdom of God, every one of you. You are born and created for such a time as this. Your story matters. Your gifts matter. Your voice, your talents matter. Your life was bought at a high price. You are the prize set before him. As he endured the cross, and he would do it all over again for you. There is nothing that has happened in your life that cannot be redeemed, cannot be restored. You are fully forgiven and fully set free. You have given you the whole, he has given you the Holy Spirit and he has deposited eternity within you and he has placed a spiritual inheritance inside you and he wants to build something so beautiful and eternal through your life that he could not do with anyone else. And I also want to speak to the lie that in order to be powerful and impactful, you have to be popular. Whether it's through this platform, a social media following, subscribers, whatever it is, just like what Jeremy was talking about this morning, yes, God can use your influence, but it is a real danger when it becomes a successful meter to which I gauge how I'm doing in my life. The majority of your life will not be seen, at least not on platforms, but all of your life will be seen by the one. 
And the quicker that you understand the importance of stewarding what is in front of you for the sake of eternity and not for the camera or followers or man stage or the approval of man, the more peace you will have in your life. The better your, the quality of your relationships will be, the healthier your marriage will be, the happier will ch your children will be because they will actually have your full attention and your presence. And the more successful you will actually be because you have put the main thing, the main thing. Amen. Jesus says, seek first my kingdom and everything else will be added onto you. Influence and success are not negative things. God trusts you with the influence he has given you. It just cannot be where we find our purpose because then it becomes an idol. And when we have anything in our lives that is idolized above Jesus, it will affect every part of our life in a way that he would not desire for us. I don't want anything less than what he has. And I believe a true sign of maturity. I really just feel like maturity is a really big word right now for the body of Christ. And I really believe a true sign of maturity and ability to build legacy is being less worried about that platform or that following that you're building, but you're more concerned with the relationships that you do have and that you're stewarding them well. And I need to say this because we do have such a younger generation that is just being tempted right now with this facade of temptation and numbers and fame and that we have to have a fame attached to whatever we're doing. It's all about numbers and being seen and I really see this more dangerous in the Christian cultures with worship leaders, with pastors especially, because we're called to that higher standard. But it just is very dangerous because we're messing with temptation that ultimately led to Lucifer falling. And that is wanting to be more than we are and more than God. And success and favor, again, is not bad, and God will grant you all the favor and success in the world, but being able to steward it is another story. God is not impressed with fame and numbers. God is impressed with the ability to steward the people and the relationships in our lives well and our ability to steward the gifts and the talents that he's given us for his glory. He wants to build a legacy of wholeness in our lives. And this requires maturity and integrity to be the same person that you are to whatever audience you may have or whoever you may be influencing at home than you are to the outside world. It is being authentic and real and vulnerable, and this requires a lot of humility. So I want to talk about humility in regards to our legacy. The people sitting next to you are the treasure of heaven. The children God has given you are the greatest treasure. This generation that is under us is so precious to the Lord. They are the treasure of heaven. It's such an honor to speak into their lives. The friendships God has placed in your life, count them as gold. The family he has given you, he has placed you in a family for a reason. It is intentional. Are you loving them well? Are they getting you the most of your time, your energy, and resources? Would you say that you are the same person inside the house that you are outside? Would those people say that you have integrity and character and can be trusted? Are you dependable, consistent, authentic? Are you loving well? Because if I'm not loving well, there's a God deficit in my life. God is love, so any area where I am lacking in love, I have not opened up that part of my heart to the Father to heal it. And the people around you notice it the most. You, whether you realize it or not, they are a mirror to what's happening inside your heart. I know this because as a mom, if I'm having a moment at home and one of my children does something wrong, and depending on how I respond to that, that is a mirror to which how I'm doing on the inside. And a lot of times I have to say, I'm sorry, mama messed up. 
forgive me for that. I was not being, you know, my true self. I love you so much. Be humble enough to allow Jesus to correct and search your heart through your most valuable relationships. Be humble enough to accept correction, receive advice, be willing to ask for help. I think that's something that can be taught as a weakness. Be humble enough to admit that you don't have to have all the answers or have all the answers. Building legacy requires humility. It requires yielding and surrendering to the Holy Spirit, allowing the kind and loving Father to correct and convict us when it is needed. Jesus was meek, lowly, and humble, and we are meant to be likewise. He was confident. He knew who he was, who he is, but he was humble in regards to the submission to the Father. He laid down his life willingly for us. But his parameters while on this earth was only doing what he saw the Father doing. And he fulfilled every prophecy that has been spoken about him. He yielded to the Holy Spirit. And the same goes for us as God's children. And as son and daughter of God, I can say and trust in humble confidence that God is going to build something eternal and long-lasting in my life. But this will not happen unless my heart is postured in humility. Unless I am teachable and moldable, willing to be sanctified, willing to run the race, willing to submit to the boundaries that God has set into place through his word and willing to be disciplined and taught. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 4, if you want to read with me, you can. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love, and when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? We should all welcome God's discipline as a validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earthly fathers even though they corrected and disciplined us? Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual father, as we submit to his life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for a short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us through our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. I love that. There's this misconception and myth in some areas of the church right now that sons and daughters of God, that we have just spiritually arrived in our, without need of maturing or being sanctified by Jesus. And if that is so, why do we have the Bible? And if that is so, why did Jesus give us the gift of his Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is not just our friend, our cheerleader, our comforter, but he is a spirit of God given to us by Jesus, our helper, as, as our helper and our teacher. And he will never stop teaching us and pointing us to Jesus. He will never stop correcting us, no matter how old we get or how wise we are. None of us have arrived or are without need of a savior. And the great paradox of the gospel is that when we say yes to Jesus, and give him our whole hearts. We are covered by his blood. Yes, we get a new DNA. We get a new inheritance. We are seen as pure and holy and righteous in the eyes of the Father because of all that Jesus did for us. But in the same breath, we are told in Scripture to confess our sins to one another. 
to repent, to mature and grow in wisdom, to not grow weary in doing good, to keep running the race, to persevere, to receive conviction from the Holy Spirit. This is the mystery of being a child of God, but we don't get to choose which we, one we want. It's both. Some of us as adults have had father wounds. Maybe some that haven't been fully healed, and that's okay. I feel like Jesus wants to do that this morning. And because of that, we have had a hard time receiving correction from the Father God because that lens has been distorted. Oftentimes how we see Father God is through this smaller lens of how we see our earthly father, depending on whether or not we really know who he is and whether we've received healing. Some of us don't want to listen to the Holy Spirit's correction because we have mother wounds. And so often when we have mother wounds, it's harder for us to receive from the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can often represent the feminine heart of God in different moments of our life. But his gaze of love doesn't leave you while he corrects you. His heart of approval for you will never change. And part of being a son and daughter of God is now receiving that identity and being able to fully forgive our earthly parents and now see them through the blood of Jesus. We let him now in his blood cover every imperfection and wound, and we get to separate now how I see my perfect father in heaven and now how I, see, I get to see my earthly father and my earthly mother. And then because of that, we get to offer forgiveness to them. We get to honor them. We get to love them well, but this requires humility. And some of you have amazing parents. You've had great childhoods. Your view of the father is like, so beautiful and you have such an easy way of receiving correction from them and I, I bless you in that that's amazing and for some of you, you don't but there's so much grace and mercy and healing offered to you today but there's also an opportunity to begin a new lineage new parenting styles and bring restoration to your family line through the inheritance that you have in him by giving him your whole heart and being yielded to him be who your parents couldn't be for you. You have the opportunity to make whole for your children what you didn't have whole as a child. This is part of being building a legacy with Jesus. You get to set a new standard. Set a new standard of legacy for your children. You may not have had a strong inheritance in the Lord, but live Jesus in front of your children each day and make him the center of your home. And see the promise in scripture as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See this come to fruition for your family, for your children, and their grandchildren. You may not have had a healthy marriage the way God designed between a man and a woman, modeled to you and your parents. Love your husband, love your wife, passionately and with the Lord, and ask him for the wisdom and the guidance in your marriage. And invite healthy community, invite healthy counsel around you. Begin a new legacy of what a thriving marriage looks like in your family line. You may not have inherited financial wealth or stability. You are not a victim of that. You are given wisdom and favor and skill sets from the Lord to do all things in him and for him through excellence. And he will be able to build your wealth in a way that you can bless your children and your grandchildren and the world around you. Whatever the deficit was in your family line, there is always an invitation to set a new standard. And I just want to applaud those today that have made the hard choices to do so. It takes courage and boldness to be able to, to divert and to set a new standard in your family line. And many of you have already done that, and I applaud you and I honor you because I've seen the fruit of it in your children. 
and I've seen the fruit of it in their children's children, and I thank you for that. I'm friends with some of them, and I'm, I'm just amazed and so grateful for you. So thank you for your yes to Jesus. And ultimately, in Jesus, you are given an unmatched inheritance. The greatest transfer of spiritual and generational wealth happened in the kingdom when the cross became our reality. Jesus took all that belonged to him, and he gathered it together, and he gave it back to us. The cross took every sin, every pain, every wound, every separation, every lack, and he put in us the victory that was really his for the kingdom that can't be shaken. This is what you carry now as a son and daughter. It's not about becoming something that you're not. It's about offering all that you are as an act of worship unto him. It's yielding and surrendering to the spirit of God that you can walk boldly and build something for now and for a generation that you perhaps will never see. Give Jesus your yes by opening your heart to him and watch him build some, something so beautiful and restorative and redemptive through you. We get to wake up each day and live in this awareness that my yes to Jesus and my decision to be faithful to him alone echoes both ways into eternity. It requires bold faith to look like this. It is trusting what God is doing and I'm not able to see yet. It's trusting that the promptings I hear from the Holy Spirit and the obedience that I step into will bear fruit, even if it's in the years to come, even if it's on the other side of heaven. Turn along to Hebrews 11.1 1 with me. And I can read it to you. It says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke in the invisible realm, gave birth to all that is seen. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable, acceptable sacrifice to God other than his brother, Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. That's crazy. Faith lifted Enoch from this life when he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that have never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. I believe God wants to remind you this morning how valuable and powerful your faith is. And that by being obedient to him and the things he asks and shares with you is not just for you, but for the people around you and the generations to come. Faith requires us all different things, but ultimately it is an outward expression of a trust in the greatness and goodness of an all-powerful God who is able to do more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine in our lives. 
It is being willing to sacrifice and take risks and be courageous and live differently than this world. This generation of people need you to stand on the firm rock and foundation of Jesus and speak and declare truth to the world around them that has been so deceived by the lies of this culture. There's an older saying I heard earlier this week, and I felt like it so pertained to what I want to share this morning. It says, wise is a man who plants a tree, knowing they may never sit under the shade of that tree. This basically means that wise is a man or woman that gives to the future generations something of their lives that they may not personally be able to reap the benefits from. However, it's impacting generations to come. And as believers, we get to make those choices every day of our lives to build a legacy for the coming generations and trusting that we will see the fruit of that. That is faith from our obedience. God has chosen us. It's so humble when you look at how God sees time. It's so different than the way we see time. It's so humbling that he would have us here for such a small amount of time, yet impact generations to come and impact what he's doing in all the earth. Ask yourself, are the small and large choices that I make today requiring great faith and trust in the Father to impact the generations after me? Ask the Holy Spirit to increase your faith this morning. Ask him for boldness. Ask him for courage. Ask him for wisdom and humility. Lastly, I want to talk about stewardship and sustainability within our legacy. And I believe one of the ways we are able to steward legacy well and have it sustained is through Sabbath. I believe it's one of the most underrated parameters and boundaries that God illustrated for us in creation and in Jesus' life on the earth is one of the most important things is to have Sabbath rest. And if you are to build something that is sustaining and long-lasting in your life um, and is healthy, I just encourage you to practice that rhythm of Sabbath as well. Take the time to rest and be intentional in delighting in the Father. It is not a selfish act. It is not a lazy act. It is biblical. It is an outward expression of trust to the Father that on that day or in those moments that he will bring to completion everything that we have partnered with him in doing with our hands. So we ultimately trust him for vision. We work hard, yes. We do things with excellence, yes. But we ultimately trust the Father to bring all all that is to come to completion. Sabbath is also that time to be heart aware with the Holy Spirit, to be dependent on the Holy Spirit so we can be continually refilled by the river, flowing in our hearts that we can keep going and continue to live lives of wholeness. This looks different for everyone, but practically speaking, I would just recommend asking the Holy Spirit, if you're married, talk to your spouse about what that looks like for your family. Find that time during your week where you disconnect, You get off your screen, you stop working, and you just intentionally be with the people you love. And and you do this habitually so it becomes a ritual and a discipline in your life. And this habit and this rhythm of rest will prevent burnout. This is really important because when we burn out, we end up making poor decisions. And the poor decisions we make in our life we know hurt the people we love the most. And so when we, when we do this, when we practice our Sabbath, we are tending to our soul. We are tending to what matters most. And there is grace and there is forgiveness. But I believe that Sabbath is one of those tools that Jesus modeled to us to live whole on this earth so that we can look back on our lives and see that, there were, that Jesus was in it and through it in our whole legacy. It's an invitation to feast with those we love. It's that invitation to dream. It's that invitation to slow down. It's that invitation to enjoy his creation in one of those. Because that's ultimately what 
having a relationship with the Lord is just loving him and adoring him with our whole lives and receiving that love continuously. And I want to finish this race well. I want to get to the end and say, hear those words of, well done, my good and faithful servant. But in order that, I, I know that Sabbath is so important. I want my, my husband and my children and my grandchildren to be proud to say that they're mine. And I feel like Sabbath is one of those ways that we protect the legacy that God is building in our homes and our families. Jesus is the source. He is the source. And it's just so important that we just keep that connection um, on fire for him. It's so important that we keep that connection on fire for our children. So Sabbath is so good and so necessary. So that is my hope that you will just, if you get anything from this message today, that you will practice that. If you will please stand, we're just going to go into a time of prayer. Um, And if you feel comfortable, just link hands with your brothers and sisters. Or you can place your hand on their shoulder. We're just going to come together as the body of Christ. And I just want to pray. Pray for us as a family. Pray for the generations to come. God, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for the power of your word and for the power of salvation and what you deposited in each of us through the beginning of time through the Holy Spirit and the destiny that you've given each of us through the beginning of time. You knew that we would standing be right here in this moment. You knew that we were born for such a time as this. And I bless my brothers and sisters. I thank you for their yes in their hearts to you. Their yes that echoes through the generations. I thank you for the family that we have in the faith surrounding surrounding us, God. I thank you for that cloud of witnesses that's cheering us on continuously, God, in heaven. God, we thank you for your angels. God, we honor those that have come before us and paved the way. We thank you for the prayers of the saints and the blessing to get to live in the fruit of those prayers today. Just like Timothy was told by Paul, God, that it was just passed along in his family line. God, we just acknowledge that, uh, that some of us in this room are carrying a fire that we did not start, that we are carrying a fire that someone else lit, God, and we just honor their lives before all of heaven today. God, we recognize we have a responsibility to carry your glory for this generation. Your glory saves, it heals, it delivers, it transforms cities, it transforms families, it changes family lines, God. We just thank you for the power of your blood and the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word. God, we ask you to stoke our flames this morning. You increase our passion for you, Jesus. I pray that we will live for the one thing, which is you, God. Our audience is you, Jesus, and we just declare that right now in this room today. Thank you for the yes that is in each one of their hearts. And I pray for that your spirit would blow like a mighty flame, God, and it would become a raging fire. And I pray that you would just provoke and stoke us, God, to live for more than just beyond this moment, God, that we would rise up and that we would show the world who we are, God, and that what it looks like to live for eternity in mind, God, we just ask that you would just encourage us speak boldness god i just thank you for this next generation i just pray that we would leave this next generation better off than we found it god i pray for the discouraged i pray for the weary god i pray for the strengthening of the saints that need to press on in this race to build endurance god to keep going to be full of joy to be full of passion love and forgiveness i pray healing for hearts where it may be needed generational healing lord this morning for mothers and fathers god 
sons and daughters, Jesus. Thank you. I pray for the younger generations, God. I pray for righteous, righteousness, purity, hope, faith, God. I pray that they would be an army to the opposition of today's culture, Jesus. I just thank you that they would look so different, God. I thank you for them and all that they are raising up in the seven mountains of influence, God. I thank you for their influence, God. I thank you for their passion, Jesus. I thank you that it would look so different than the world around them, and it would just be a magnet for the people that don't know you yet, God. They would just so fall in love with you when they see their lives, Jesus. I just thank you, God, for this day. Thank you that we are just so yielded to you, God. I pray just humility and wisdom. I pray for your spirit. I pray for new dreams and increase in faith for those that need it, God. New desires, new ideas, God. Thank you for wholeness, 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 wholeness in our families. Oh, we thank you for hope and victory and transformation in the world. Thank you for the ways that you're transforming this world. And we just thank you for your glory throughout the generations, God. We say you are king. We say you are Lord. We say you are our best friend. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. And I just, yeah, thank you, Lord. I just invite you to come forward if you just want to spend time with the Lord, if you need to receive a fresh revelation of your inheritance with Jesus as you build legacy with him. I just pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you about stewarding the relationships in your life, increase your faith, um, give you deeper revelations. And if you just want to find someone around you, if I just give you permission to give an edification and prophetic word to them as needed. But we love you, and I just bless you to be the family of God today. Thank you. Thank you.